I'm never ready. Check this out. You ever hold her like a gun to shoot people? Like. No, I have to hold her like a baby, like a human child. That's the only way that she likes to be held. Nice. So are you ready? Is it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the criminal or of co-op, something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Hi, guys. You guys are lucky to have me here because I almost canceled. Because what? I was bedridden with uh, liver failure from... I got really blackout drunk last night. That'll do it. Yep. I had a bunch of boys over. We watched the Creator Clash, ate a bunch of pizza... Went out to the bar, started shooting some pool. Like, fuck, man. Turned into a whole ordeal. Did you hear about this Creator Clash? No, I don't even know what that is. Is that a Nintendo thing? Uh, Yes, it is a Nintendo thing. I don't know. How, how did you guess? I uh, See, now I don't know if you're messing with me or not because I really don't know. <laughs> no, it's a, a bunch of YouTubers decided to box each other, Philip. Oh, I've what heard about, about this. That? Like the guy in the, with the Charizard. What? <laughs> I don't remember his Who? name. There's like a, a big YouTuber. That uh, I don't know. had like I a knew, Charizard or something, and he was boxing. I only knew like four or five of them. I knew, uh, so I knew, well, iDubs is the one that hosted it. You know, Content Cop, he's a pretty big boy on YouTube, or he used to be before he ran away and decided to start boxing, I guess. But um, yeah, iDubs, uh, I knew Harvey from Epic Mealtime. I'm sure you know that show. The show was pretty big back in the day. Uh, he fought this guy named Ego Raptor. I forget his real name. He's kind of a piece of shit, but that's a Newgrounds dude from Game Grumps, I guess, also. Um, who else did they have? They had Michael Reeves, the guy we talked about, I think, last episode with the surgery machine. Michael Reeves actually fucking clapped cheeks. Dude, he looked like an actual boxer out there. It was a little, it was a little wild, dude. That little boy. He, uh, yeah, I didn't expect it. He fucking he threw, he threw the fucking meat. As Moist Critical would say. Moist Critical was a commentator, but he was always talking 17 fucking feet away from his microphone, so you could never hear what the hell he was saying, ever. And also, he speaks in a monotone. So since he was so quiet, it was just, like, impossible to hear because everything drowned him out. Was, you could never pick it out. What a goober. Until every now and then he would go, That's boxing, baby! You know, or something <laughs> stupid. Oh, stupid. <laughs> Who else was Which, in the fights? Uh, since you started sending me his videos... I now get recommended uh, Moist Critical like every every time I log into YouTube. There's one of his videos at the top. I used to not get his recommended. I'm telling you, man, he's really he's really popular. Also, he uploads every day and on multiple channels. And there are multiple channels because he streams every day. Multiple channels dedicated to just taking his streams and just him reacting to stuff on streams. So um, that's it. Yeah, I just like to live vicariously through Moist Critical who uh, some would say is just my long-lost twin brother. When I have hair, I don't have hair anymore, so I don't look like him anymore. But also, he's tiny. He's a manlet. He's only like five foot one or something. It's pretty It's pretty jarring when you see him standing next to other people, like normally sized people. Yeah, it's like whenever you put it. a controller next to a Series S, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that thing is oh, so God. tiny. I can't remember who else was. I know that was in there. Um, oh, uh, Internet Comment Etiquette was in there. And I was absolutely certain he was going to get demolished in the fight and he absolutely did it was very funny i don't know i just typed in creator and creator clash like you know auto filled complete yeah it literally just happened lot. yesterday 
it was pretty fun. Yeah, I don't know it a lot of these people. Fun. Oh, I see Dr. Disrespect is being referenced. Uh, yeah, I think Dr. Disrespect got challenged. <laughs> I think someone won a fight and then went, where are you at, Doc? <laughs> oh, my God. I used to have one buddy I, I worked with who loved Dr. Disrespect. And he'd just be watching his streams at work, constantly on his phone, out on the flight line, just watching him. Yeah, there's like, like what does like, he play? And he's like, he just plays battle royales. And I'm like, boo, move on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand Twitch. I really don't. But I try to. I try to engage, but I'm a little out of touch. My problem is I only watch videos that are like Monster Rancher Two from you know on PlayStation or Pokemon Nuzlocks. Yeah, I always wanted to watch like Resident. I love these like YouTube YouTube videos of like people playing Resident Evil randomizers and stuff. And I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. I wish I could like, but I know that this is just an out of con like out of context. Like this was probably like a 12 hour long stream. And this is like a condensed 15 minute version. And I, I cannot sit through the 12 hours. I just can't do it. Like it's impossible. There's a, there's only a very few things that I just want to be there for when they're happening. But that creator clash was one of them. It was surprising too, because there was a concert going on. I think it was Asking Alexandria, and I'm like, mm, I could have probably taken my mom to that, and she would have loved it because she loves Asking Alexandria. But decided to watch YouTubers punch each other because that seemed like it would probably not happen again. <laughs> so, but I'll see. I've seen Asking Alexandria like twice now, so I don't know. It's all right. I'll see another concert. Anyway, Art, we are a video games podcast, Nave. Let's talk about some games. What have you been playing? Uh, same stuff. Been playing Prey. Prey's good. Uh, I'm like, I've got like 300 health. No, I, I haven't really. I've been playing pretty slowly through everything. You know, as usual, I'm back to my like normal routine of playing like 12 games at once and just kind of putting an hour and a half in each of them. Um, Far Cry 6, the game we're going to be talking about, is uh, it took a lot of my time. Because I felt the need to catch up to you. Spoiler alert, I never beat this. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't beat this game. I think Philip did. Yeah, so at I, least I one of it. us did our job. Would you believe I got burned out? Can you believe I, I believe me? that. I was burned out playing it at all. Also, like I even feel double burned because I, I mean we'll talk about it in the meet. But since I was playing it on my own and then you picked it up, I had to replay large sections of the game. <laughs> and, which couldn't uh, have been good for your mental health no all right so you got prey and dead or alive six did you uh who's your main right now are you playing as, uh, like who's yeah who's the alien boy zach? uh zach yeah yeah it's funny you, you know his alien suit has a little tentacle on the top of it too he kind of does look like zach if he had a green version but no uh if you're gonna play the the fighting game famous for uh anime girls with quadruple f titties that are bouncing individually you gotta you gotta play as the women man we talked about it last week i i i, ch I checked myself i was like maybe i should start playing women in video games so i decided to play uh what my friend called the cringiest one i could have possibly picked it was it is this anime girl who has uh it's like a school girl kind of character but she's very fast and i like it actually like she's 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 pretty good She's really annoying when you get real close because it's like, you know, uh, in Soul Calibur, uh, what is that guy, Maxi with the fucking with nunchucks? The nunchucks? That's kind of yeah. who she reminds me of, like, if, when you get up close with her. That's my first thought when you're like, it's fast, and you get in close, and I'm like, nunchucks. Yeah, my first well, thought. this is one of the most complex fucking video games I've ever played, and I think I've already told you about this, but I was rage mode. I was like, I'm going to get some of these achievements 
because I played it for like four hours and I had one achievement. I was like, I'm just going to go through this list and just pop some of this shit. This is one of those games where they have like a tutorial mode that teaches you all of the combos and stuff. I think all, I think every fighting game I just described just now, but there is like a challenge mode that gives you like really hard to do uh, combos. And I cannot, I can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. I can get like eight out of 10, like, but there are some of them, like, the worst thing for me is whenever there are pauses in the combo and, like, an exact timing that you have to hit, like, when you're juggling people in the air and stuff. Like, it's insane. Like, there's a dedicated button to put your, turn your back. This is a 3D fighter, so it's not 2D like the newer Mortal Kombat's. It's more like Soul Calibur. But um, you can click a button and turn your back to them, and then you have a whole new moveset and a whole new combo list with your back to them. And then also you can press punch kick at the same time. It's left bumper. Uh, hotkeyed so i mean l1 i guess for the playstation it's like you do a special move but then you have a whole nother set of like moves that you could do off of that stance from that special move like and that's like most characters and so you have to just learn this shit i'm like it, it's incredible i'm like this is insanity like i had to do the, there's an achievement for beating the to all the tutorials and i was like that'll be easy and it took me like five hours and it was hard like it was really hard i was like this is insane tutorial man. Like, oh, yeah, I can't well, button mash? You, you can get through the game button mashing. Like, literally at the end of every section, it's easy, intermediate, and then expert tutorials. And at the end of each one, it's like, beat like, beat the computer at this difficulty setting. And you just don't use anything you learned. You just fucking button mash and kill them. Like, that's all you have to do. But, um, yeah, it's like, there's some crazy shit. It's like, now we're going to learn how to do ceiling juggling. And I'm like, ceiling juggling? You can hit... Like, there is a guy named Hayabusa, the guy from fucking Ninja Gaiden. You can yeah. kick someone in the fucking jaw. You do a split in the air like a fucking anime character. And then kick them and hit them off the ceiling. And then start comboing them while they're falling. And then when they hit the ground, they'll bounce. And you can continue the juggle. And that's a fucking tutorial you have to pass. And I was like, I was like, I don't think I can do this, man. I really don't. And I'm like watching YouTube videos. And they're just like, you're just going to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Great. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. There's no easy fucking way. It's like all of these combos. It's like forward, punch, punch, kick, wait. Then uh, half circle forward, kick, punch, and then press the left bumper, and then wait, and then grab, punch, punch, after they come out of the ground. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is gnarly. And, and if you press punch, if you have to press punch, punch, kick, if you hit punch, 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 kick, you fucked up. It's too late. And you're, you have to press them at a million miles an hour, otherwise it doesn't register as a combo. So it's like... Wow, and I didn't beat it. I I wanted to come back triumphant with the achievement, and I didn't beat it. I tried to do it with my girl. I can't remember her fucking name, but um, I'm sure if anyone plays Dead or Alive Six, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like it's like the schoolgirl character, and it's like um, I tried to do it with her. I can only do like five. I went and found another person who had only like two classified hard combos because they're rated out of five, and I'm five stars, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. And I got like eight of them, but the two hard ones are legitimately like impossible. I'm like, if this is how it is for every character, then I just, I'm just not going to get this achievement. Can't do it. Yeah. And it's like 0 0.8, like it's like 0.08% people have that achievement for completing one character's combo challenge. I'm like, well, so this is for you guys out there, you listeners. Uh, if you play Dead or Alive 6, it's actually free. It's kind of like Killer Instinct where you just purchase characters and stuff. But uh, you go out there and you beat that creator, you beat that character challenge combo whatever the fuck i was just talking about and uh send me a screenshot i'll shout you out to say that you're a better gamer than i am because i can't do it
So sounds like you've been having some fun this week. Uh, I've been playing through a couple games. Just uh, I've you know I've been working on my backlog. Played some Tunic uh, while we were playing Far Cry. There were moments where I was just so tired of Far Cry, and I'm like, I want to play something fun. And I I booted up EDF. The oh yeah. New- not the newest one, I don't think, like 2046 or something like that. The one where you can have like mech suits. It describes you know a couple about? of them. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's good. Uh, I feel like we definitely need to do an episode on it at some point. Absolutely. I would love to do an episode and like have somebody guest on it and that, and just force them to play the game. But I don't know how to get them to, because that means I would probably have to buy the game for them <laughs> just so that they would be able to experience it with us. I'm so surprised we couldn't get a guest on this one. I know. Apparently, like I figured, tons of people played Far Cry. Anyways, so I've been playing uh, Tunic as well. Tunic is really good. Like, have you played any of it at all? Nope. Uh, I still need to beat Death's Door. Before okay, I, I just gotta. I, I can't you play, do it. Um, remind me, and we can talk about it because it's a very interesting game. And now for clearing out my insanely long backlog of games, Far Cry Six is off the list. Thank God. And I beat Turnip Boy does tax evasion or whatever, or goes to prison for tax fraud, whatever that game is called. Yeah, I forget Which, too. That I game's like three hours long. It. I recommend it. It's really funny, and there's some twists in there that you would not expect. Like, does he not go to prison? Is he is he being set up? He's being framed for tax evasion. Look, no spoilers for Turnip Boy goes to tax evasion prison or whatever it's called. <laughs> like, it's a good game. It's on Game Pass. Go try it. Yep. Uh, one of the games I want to, uh, one of the games that I want to play, I'm gonna try and be really careful here. Oh no. And nope, it's not there. I was hoping that it would be like on my guide because I clicked on it. There, it's like Ayuden Chronicles. It just released. It is on like Game Pass. It's like Ayuden Chronicles Rising, and it's supposed to be a JRPG, but like miniature. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like a really manageable, easy to get through JRPG, and it looks beautiful. It looks just, it looks very similar to the style of a. Uh, what is that game? Um, Oct- Octopath Traveler, which yeah, I still I need to go back mean. and beat. Yeah, but uh, it looks really too. cool. And it's like I looked at the achievement list to get all the achievements, and it's like twenty-five to thirty hours. I was like, "Holy shit!" On a JRPG to get all the achievements. I mean, I think I got a fucking bite. I think I got to go for it. Is it called Ayuden Chronicles? I don't. Uh, it's it's one of those weird spellings like E I Y U N D N or something like that. So Euden. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it just released, so I mean, I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. Well, it looks very buy any games this week. Um, nope. I bought a ticket to Creator Clash. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, little news updates. Nave, sad news. Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 are leaving Game Pass, and I never got uh, to in time. Go buy them. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Final Fantasy 10, pretty pretty good. It's classic uh, turn-based uh, JRPG. Never beat it. Got to see more at the very end. And uh, the spoiler alert, the big bad guy is the big bad guy at the end. So um, Oh, no. Wait, doesn't this game yeah. intro with you guys, like, getting whooped by the big bad guy or something? Mm, that is sin. That is, an, that is another big bad. That is essentially God. <laughs> okay. Can you believe it? But, uh, it you, no, it's you get beat up by God. Is this the one where you get a vampire on your team? Or is that? That's Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Vincent is the vampire. I don't even know if he's really a vampire. He's just a guy in a black coat who sleeps in a coffin and seems to have lived for a long time. All right, that's a vampire. <laughs> if I've ever heard of it. He's either vampire or leprechaun at this point. It's hard to tell. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, 
Uh, I'm going to regret not playing that. Maybe I'll get pick it up one day once I clear all my current backlog of games. So, yeah, I mean, all right, it goes Dave. on sale a lot. I've been working on my back catalog of just cataloging all my games that I own. I own a lot of games. I Like you were saying, you own a lot of games on old digital Xbox, but just like my unplayed game category like totals, I have about 250 games that I have not finished in my backlog. You talking about using like folders in the Xbox system, or do you like no. put it in a? You talking about? I put it in a Google Doc. I, I I even linked it in our notes if you wanted to see it. You you know you can make folders in the Xbox games, right? Yeah, that, I have like, those set up too, I, but they're kind of awkward, you know. Yeah, I had them before. Like, what's really what's pretty interesting is that if you delete a game off your hard drive, it'll prompt you if it's in a group remove to remove it from yeah. a group as well. It's pretty nice. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. All right. At this point, instead of doing our normal Patreon business, I would like to recommend you guys have you go check out some of our uh, our newest co-op partners, the Gaming Duo Podcast. That's what they're called, right? Yeah, the Gaming Duo Podcast. Yep. Okay. I didn't know if they had like an extra thing at the end. They you know, might. Gaming Duo Podcast. <laughs> There's a there is a possibility. <laughs> so thanks to our current patrons. Oh, my, Michael Superbacker in Pinecone, but go check out our new friends. Go rate them on uh, your podcast thing, Podcast Catcher. Somebody rated us not five stars again, Philip. We're back to 4.5. Oh, no. We're getting I, review review bombed. We're finally big I, enough to be targets. How how dare they? My my, I've been sleeping less at night, three percent less sleep because of you. I oh, keep waking no. up in cold sweat, and then my dog wakes up next to me. And then she wants to go outside and pee because she thinks she's getting up. Yeah. Anyway. Twitter, Nave. Not. I don't think we got anything. Hold on. Let me check. Let me be disappointed again. And nope, we ain't get nothing, boys. That's okay. All right. Everyone thinks this game is Far Cry Three. So that like every everyone I went out and reached out to, they were like, "I've played Far Cry Five. Is that?" I'm like, "It's the same game." They're like, "No, I don't feel comfortable. I don't have. I don't know the game." I'm like, "All right. Well, that's fine." A lot of people uh, are in on the meme. Yeah, everyone says it's just Far Cry 3. Uh, well, let's talk about the reviews then before we get to the meet, before we take our break before the meet. Dave, this game got a 74 on Metacritic, which is right up there with Wolfenstein Youngblood. Well, that's for the what? critic review. The user score is a 3.6, which is pretty low. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I mean, though I do not enjoy the game too much, I wouldn't rate it a three. Yeah, I know. A three but, out of five, uh, maybe. Google gave it a uh, the Google ratings because this team is not or this game isn't available on Steam because it's Ubisoft. They want it only on their marketplace, UPlay or whatever it's called. Poo -poo, uh, but on the numb. Google reviews, it's got a three point seven out of five, which is like was that a seven point four out of ten? Why are you making me do math right now? Oh my god. So pretty favorable on Google, not good on Metacritic. That's a weird thing. And Nave, I made a, a what's it called, word cloud of the reviews, like the top 100 rev reviews, and I wanted you to take a look at it. Is there anything jumping out to you when you look at this word cloud? The word Which for listeners like at home is incursive yeah. for some like reason. Like is really big. A word cloud, yeah, explain uh, if what you I'm don't looking know, at. is just a bunch of, like all the words are placed according to their size in a diagram that way you can kind of see like oh what's coming a lot in this reviews 
How did you make this? There's just a website. You can just go and I copy and pasted all the text from the reviews into the website and it just generates it. You like you so you didn't just Google Far Cry six word cloud and then this came out. You made this? Yeah, I made this. The word story yeah. is there. The word good terrible. is really big. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Boring pops out. Relationships. Immersive. The word something. <laughs> That's good. This yeah, is... somebody said something a lot. Somebody said characters a lot too. Yeah, it's like this is hard to like describe audibly, but <laughs> it's just a bunch of words and yeah. some of well, them are big. The other problem is like you always think about what about what connotation were these words placed into? Like what if somebody said not good as a description, but good is just really big now? Yeah, I guess it doesn't know, does it? No. So overall word cloud, not helpful, but I already made it. So I decided to include it anyway. All right. And now I've seen it. Excellent. So let's take a break and then we'll hit the meat. Moving along. And we're back. Nave, our game this week. Wolfenstein. No, it's not Wolfenstein. Far Cry 6. Developed by Ubisoft Toronto because Ubisoft has tons of studios all over the planet. Published by Ubisoft. Back in October 2021. Far Cry 6 reveals a Caribbean island simmering with revolutionary tension. The title features actor Gina Carlo Esposito as President Anton Castillo, the violent leader who grips the island of Yara with an iron fist, promising a return to its former glory. With an arsenal of weapons and allies at your back, you take on Castillo's regime and fight for the future of Yara. As Danny Rojas, you will help stoke the fires of revolution through guerrilla warfare across the island of Yara. From bird and jungles to the urban streets of the capital city, you'll use a powerful array of weapons and vehicles, build a network of allies to fight alongside you, including fangs for hire like Chorizo, the dangerously distracting wiener dog, as President Castillo prepares his son Diego, Diego to succeed him, you will do all you can to ensure his plans don't come to fruition. Is this, that, is this just from the Steam page? I mean, not the Steam page. It's not on no, Steam, but you know, this is the from equivalent. The Ubisoft website. Straight from the straight from the nipple. Yeah, so the source. This is what yeah. they wrote to uh, get you to buy the game. Uh, they they uh, I was dangerously distracted by the word wiener dog. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird they led with that in the front, but it's so funny because earlier when we were talking to our boys at a gaming duo, uh, I looked up. The little gift search, you know, you can do gift search for Far Cry 6. Yeah. The first one is the wiener dog. Whenever you like pull it up, little chorizo. Whatever. I do, I do gifts a lot in the uh, Twitter. So I definitely used a gif of the wiener dog in our post. He's, he's, <laughs> he's so good. Which, not to knock your first, the first teammate you get, or amigo. They're called amigos. First and best. Yeah. You want to tell them us about number one? Motherfucking guapo. The crocodile and or alligator. I don't know the difference. I'm not Australian or Floridan. Floridian. Florid? Floridan? What do you Pretty call good. someone from Florida? Texan, Oklahoman, Floridan? Gotta be Floridian. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Anyways. Um, Floridian sounds like a chemical. Well, I, I guess know, that's I appropriate for people for from Florida, years. right? Let's just say Louisianan. Wait, that's okay. even worse. Anyways, this is a crocodile alligator thing. And uh, he's got a t-shirt on. And it's pretty cool. You can feed him. You can pet him. He uh, slaughters the innocent and uh, not innocent alike. What? It... <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking dying right here. He's an alligator. Okay, yeah. Guapo's good. So this game, let's let's bring it back a little bit to our, our character, Danny. 
this game actually features a callback to our Wolf and Wolf and Blood episode, where you play as gendered characters, characters with genders. Uh, you got a choice of being as like you do in all the games we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, usually you get a Except choice Tetris of effect. being male chef or female chef in this game, and it starts you out as female Danny. And I saw it, and I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a cool character. Then I flipped over to male Danny, who is completely generic, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Already, like female Danny was my my canon Danny. But Nate, you chose male Danny. Yeah, I saw him. Women. I saw him, and I went, "Hey, it's the dude from Far Cry 3. Only he's a little darker." And I clicked on him. Oh god. Also, oh, I Danny. Knew. I was like, guy name, and so I just fucking went with it. And I, I was like, I was curious. Is her name like Danielle or something? I was like, as, soon, as I was going through the opening can the opening cutscene, I wasn't paying attention at all. I was just thinking about what the name for the female could have been. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but character's good. Danny's a good character. Yeah, that name is tainted because I just think about Danny DeVito. <laughs> Which this game has... Um, Oh, who's the actor that shows up? Uh, Danny... J- it's Danny... Danny Trejo? Yeah. Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. Which, that Most was like the first famous from the movie Spy Kids 3D. And some other things he did. Like machete, like the what's weird is there is a literal mission where he plays himself, kind of like you know, almost at South Park. Uh, you know, Keith David Saint-Tro? is just Keith David in Saints Row. Yeah, <laughs> Danny, uh, forgot his name already. Um, he is playing himself, and you make tacos with him, and uh, yep, that's the mission. You make tacos. That's the whole mission. And uh, Pinecone was watching a stream when we were playing that, and I guess. Your Xbox just died or something. I can't remember what the fuck happened, but the stream died when I was just talking to him in the Xbox party. And he was like, everything you're describing to me makes me lose more and more faith in humanity. I'm like, yeah, I don't like this mission. (laughs) This is not a a banger, as the kids say. All right. With that, I think I want to touch on kind of like the main bone I've got to pick with this game. So Right out of the gate. I know. Like, I, I just want to hit it. So I call this almost referred to as like the joy of like discovery or in this game, maybe the lack of joy where we, when we play games, we kind of have fun through learning and either building new skills or novel experiences. And we talked about at one point you even asked me, do I, do I think, do you think I make my games funner whenever we're playing together or something like that? And I'm like, Oh man, sometimes, sometimes you do. No, you, you uh, I said, do I actively make games worse whenever you're playing with me? And you go, depends on the game. And then me and fucking <laughs> fine coder is laughing about it. Yeah. It's fucking so, so savage. When me and you play games, we usually take in more than just what the game is putting out. Cause we are like sharing the experience of like each other with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like we're bringing more to the game than just the game is giving us. You specifically talked about how you were trying to catch up to me whenever we weren't playing co-op because we were having fun when we were playing co-op. The game was brand new. We had bright, wide open eyes, but then you started playing by yourself and you start to fall asleep just playing the game. Yeah, I, I didn't even make it through one mission before I was like, I can't play this game anymore. I have to play Prey now. Yeah, There's so almost the- nothing compelling about this game. And I would probably argue that if i'd never played a far cry game or ubisoft game this that that would be not true that would be untrue like completely but for someone who plays as many video games as i do and i feel like maybe the people who review bombed this on metacritic would probably feel this way as well it's like there's so many tropes 
that just are reinforced in this game. Like a similar thing that I, in the last episode where I was saying, you know exactly how this is going to play out. You you know exactly, you already know Far Cry 6. If you've played any open world action shooter, it doesn't even have to be a shooter. It's just, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you played Shadow of Mordor, if you played Saints Row, if you played Crackdown, if you played, uh, what was the Mars one? Red Faction. Red Faction. If you played Assassin's Creed, which, by the way, when I was doing my cataloging, turns out I own like seven Assassin's Creed games that I didn't even know about, that I just get from <laughs> Games from Gold and just random other places. I'm like, man, I don't even, I'm not even a big Assassin's Creed fan anymore. The main thing that I think about is whenever you were listing off those games, it's like, okay, what makes these games stand out? You said Red Faction. Red Faction stands out because you can take a sledgehammer to any building and it will fall crumbled apart like it's Battlefield right? What makes Crackdown stand out? Well, you're basically a superhero. You jump, you can get stronger and like jump over skyscrapers. Like it's, it's a pretty weird experience. Um, what else did you name? Oh man, I don't even remember what I named. I don't remember Uh, either. Oh, oh, Shadow Mordor. Shadow Mordor stands out because of the nemesis system, right? What makes Far Cry stand out? Like Assassin's Creed stands out because like, it's very, it's, it's like centered around well, I was going to say stealth, but the new ones aren't. So I don't, but I don't like the new ones. The old ones were centered around kind of stealth and like assassination. Like that's something that is interesting to people. But what makes Far Cry stand out? And the only thing that I could think of, because everything around it is generic, is exotic locale again and fight and toppling some authority figure. So, you know, assassination. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. it's like you do that with guns this time around everything else is just kind of by the books generic and i honestly couldn't tell you any other things that make far cry stand out other than topple a actor (laughs) you know what i mean a well-known actor yeah this i feel like this almost suffers from i don't know like the it's like maybe i want to say like the marvel effect or something like that where we have you know, we got these great actors, we have a huge budget, we have amazing CGI, we got a banging, you know, like soundtrack, everything's good. We got, we just dumped so much money into this game, it's too big to fail. It's all, I think about Cyberpunk, but this is different than Cyberpunk. So this game comes out, but nothing is charming, nothing's really enchanting. Just looking at some, I wrote down some things where I actually had fun, and none of them are about, like, the game. And once they happened... It wasn't really fun anymore. Like after, like it was really funny the first time, but then after a while, like game, like like setting the horses on fire when me and you were trying to ride horses. This is like the, <laughs> the first mission in the game. We go and meet um, Espalda, who is the she's like a like second in command to this one other group of farmer rebel rebellion people or whatever. Before Dad dies, like oh by the way, we meet Dad and we earn his respect right before he dies. It was really sad. And then Espalda takes over. Spoilers. And we just needed to ride horses with her up a hill. But me and Nave <laughs> turned this like three minute long riding section into a 10 minute long, basically hike through the woods because we kept <laughs> shooting each other's horses and turning them on fire because we had flaming bullets for some reason. We just, it's a, a joke that would keep coming up where we would like go to an area and Phil would be like, oh, we have to ride the horses. Too bad there's only one. And then he would shoot my horse, and the horse would run away. And I'm like, you stupid son of a bitch. And then I shoot his horse, because I, now I have to. Yep. And now we're walking. 
<laughs> so there was that or like the choppers because of course we're using choppers because they're the most efficient mode of transport and if you jump out while the other person's controlling it you could get chopped up by the blades because they were descending or something <laughs> yeah. and, and that was always funny because that you would respawn back in the chopper like nothing happened or once we unlocked wingsuits you like i'm like i didn't understand how to use the wingsuits so there'd be so many points where naves just like running along and i just wingsuit face first into a wall and just splat and he just <laughs>, laughs at me as i die and i'm like oh i'm dead nave i'll be back in a second or yeah, like the which, ai driving in the streets was just weird sometimes they would just go homicidal and run you over in the middle of the street and these would be like civilians it's really i had a really good clip on our twitter uh of that i think i uploaded it to our youtube did you notice that yeah you did i saw it it's a pretty good idea but anyway, like, yeah, there's a pretty good clip of that where uh, I shoot or I throw a stick of dynamite. Philip drives over it, blows up. Our, the, so the motorcycle's on fire. And as he's burning to death on the motorcycle, it eventually explodes. He survives somehow and just walks away from the explosion just to be run over immediately by an 18-wheeler that just randomly spawned right next to us. So I bring up all these points because comparing to just our recent games we played, Resident Evil 6 had so many fun new experiences that weren't even from me and you specifically. It wasn't our interactions with the world that made it fun. It was the game was just fun with all the weird, wacky stuff it threw at us. But then you look at Wolfenstein New Blood, which gave us no new experiences. The game system was almost like preventing us from doing any expression in the game besides the pep up system. So all we could do was walk and shoot like shoot. There was no input we could do. We couldn't make the game funner for each other. Where this game, there are things we can do to make it funner. But it's not the intended gameplay. And it also gets old very fast because there's only so much you can do. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at that. Philip shot my helicopter till it, it's, it caught on fire again for the yeah. 20th time. <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> like, it seems to be a recurring theme the past few, day, uh, past few weeks. Never then, gets old. There are shining lights of just when something insane will happen. I remember one very interesting moment where we were doing a job for Bicho, uh, who with the radio towers or whatever, where I was in a chopper covering you. Bicho, or no, Nave climbs up the radio tower and you push some button for some BS story reason. While I was flying next to the tower, two massive evil eagles swooped in to attack you. They flew through my chopper blades, died instantly, and just threw their bodies on top of you. <laughs> and he was like, oh God, what was that? And I'm like, oh God, what's that? There's eagles just like falling from the sky. And then of course, Nave jumped into his squirrel suit and flew away before he finished the phone call to Bicho, causing us to fail the mission and have to restart it without a chopper this time. <laughs> that's fucking dumb. Oh, that's a, that's a good segue into the phone calls, I guess. I don't even want to. I don't know if I want to talk about it. I'm losing. I'm losing my spirit. Every single game that we play that's not actively engaging me is just chipping away at my will. Okay, we'll just Phone wrap calls. up this point. Like this game just has doesn't have the joy in it. Like anytime something we would actually like would happen, be like, oh, do you see? They got it. There's a lizard with a shirt on, Nave. Or there's a wheelchair <laughs> dog named Chorizo, like Sausage, name. <laughs> the wiener dog is named Sausage. And we're like, this is awesome. And then the joy would be over because instantly would be like, hey, man, you want to do some Assassin's Creed base building? And I'm like, no, Nave, don't do it. Don't do the, the base building, Nave. And you're like, I need, to, I need to send my agents on missions and do base building. I'm like, no, you don't. I need my numbers to get higher slightly. Oh, my God. I don't know what, I, what they're doing. Like the whole game we spent looting like metal and and wood i guess like it was fucking 
Age of Empires, and you use those resources to create stands where you can buy guns, I guess. And there's like some other ones too, but it's like you you could get. It's like, is this necessary? Do you need to do this in order to like continue to have fun in the game, or is this busy work? And it it the the question answers itself. Like, I don't think Philip ever did any of it. Like, I upgraded most of my shit because I was every time Philip would be off doing fu- the fucking mission, I'd be playing with my dick in the corner, grabbing metal and shit from cupboards, and sh- and it's like, I it's it's something that is meant to hook people like me that just want the numbers to get bigger. Like, what do the numbers mean, Mason? They mean nothing. They absolutely mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, at one point, they almost forced you to it. Not really, because. The first time you do it, you get a wingsuit and they're like, oh, sweet upgrade. Cool. An actual useful item. Well, I didn't do it like the whole like first two days we played because I'm like, this is the base building area. I'm not doing that. Like instantly, like I know what Ubisoft's doing. I'm not falling for it. And I'm like, I'm going the other way. And meanwhile, Nave is like, just use your wingsuit. I'm like, how do you use the wingsuit? And the game just didn't give it to me because I didn't do base building. (laughs) They're trying to recapture that Assassin's Creed 2 energy or Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or whatever. Because, I mean, like, it was yeah. cool back then, but it's like like adding the Farmville mechanics. But it's like, you know, so much of this game already feels like busy work, and it's just adding more busy work on top of it. Is It just doesn't help, especially for people who are already acclimated with the with gaming tropes. You know what I mean? Like, there's this really funny thing in Stanley Parable where which go by the stanley parable that's actually thoughtful and provocative but um there is do you know what i'm talking about uh have you played the stanley parable are you talking about the mission yellow line or something like walk this way oh the yellow line is so fucking funny dude i so i played the stanley parable for somebody and they just sat and watched me play it and it that was probably their favorite like mission struggle like either that or the one where you don't go to the boss's office well i'm not going to spoil all this fucking the stanley parable is great none of that really was any spoilers you you could still go in there and enjoy it i am going to spoil one thing though and it's just dumb it's not an ending or anything there's this time there's this moment where you walk past like a million doors with numbers on them but one of the doors will inev- eventually say broom closet and you can open this door and go inside and then the narrator will be will you know comment on you, look at that you went into the broom closet well if you stay in this broom closet he will progressively get more and more agitated at you and then it <laughs> into the point where he's just like okay i know what's going on whoever was playing the game died so you got <laughs> to the broom reason. closet realize realize there's nothing in there and we're just about to leave and then some yeah went into cardiac arrest or something else that uh uh, ails the fragile human body and you know what i mean but uh what was i saying this for oh yeah because just to get to this line where he says uh uh could you please replace this human being anyone listening could you please replace this human being with somebody who understands uh the first person mechanics of a video game and also is well versed in the video game tropes <laughs> so that they may fully enjoy this experience it's fucking awesome and the best part is, is once you start moving again and open the door and leave, he'll go, oh, finally. Okay, new person. There's no <laughs> way you can play this game any worse than the old person just did. And then you can turn around and go back into the group closet. He's like, oh, my God, not you too. <laughs> you know? It's so fucking funny, man. That's great. It's such a good game. All right, let's talk about a not so good game. Nave, let's do some phone calls. 
Dave, you get a phone call after every mission ends and before a mission starts. The and call sometimes restarts. in the middle of the mission. Yeah. If you if you pause or look at your map, the, the phone call will restart. And sometimes we complete a mission and you have no markers to go anywhere. We have no missions. And you just got to drive in circles for two minutes until a phone call pops. And then it tells you to go back to the place you just left. And if you happen to be in the pause but in the pause menu or like on the map screen or something, whenever a phone call is supposed to begin, it will just patiently wait until you get out of that screen. And if you're in co-op, they play separately. So Philip is like, my phone call's done, Nate. Why don't we just fucking leave? And I'm like, no, I was in the map for like three minutes, so I'm three minutes behind on this fucking really long phone call that we can't have. We, there's no way to skip. So you just have to sit there and not listen to it because the game's fucking muted because there's absolutely nothing you're getting from this, like, narratively. So it's like, uh, guess I'm just going to have to sit here and wait and listen to sicko mode for a little bit longer. Wait, Dave, are you telling me the narrative hook of telling you to walk to a different side of the mountain isn't enough narrative for you? I was not captivated by uh, walking 700 meters, and then as soon as you get there, they go, okay, now go 700 meters that way. Oh, interesting. This is just following uh, waypoints. Like, it, if, if the game wasn't beautiful, it would be funny. <laughs> but the game is, like, really trying to be serious about it. Yeah, see, this is where it gets me, is this game... Like, okay, it just we kind of skipped over our, like, we usually talk about our experience with the franchise. My experience with Far Cry is, like, Far Cry 1 and Far Cry Predator, which Far Cry 1 is a very open world. Like, this whole thing is like, hey, we got a day-night cycle on an island with water. It's a, it's a tech demo. Surprise, the whole game is a tech demo. You're able to do, like, stealth sections where the enemies can see you. You can throw rocks. There's, like, sound effects when you break certain things. But it was a, it was a big deal back in the day. I also had a map editor. Really cool. Then I played Predator, which is basically like, hey, what if we just did something fun and wacky with this tech engine? Which they would proceed to do with every Far Cry from then on. Because Far Cry 1 had Predator. Far Cry 2 had Blood Dragon. Far Cry 3 had... Far Cry 3 had Blood Dragon. Far Cry 2 had nothing. Because nobody okay. liked Far Cry no, 2. Nobody liked Far Okay, so yeah. That's so the one with malaria. <laughs> yeah, that's the malaria one. So then I played Far Cry 2 where they went, alright, what if we make it as immersive as possible? Where... You have to physically pull out a paper map to look at to see where you are. And you're driving through Africa, I think. And every, it is Africa. every 30 minutes, you have to take a malaria pill or you die. Your health potions are morphine shots that you basically just need to find on the ground, which are these tiny little, what are they called? Ampoules, the, the mini injectors that you just stab remember. into yourself. Yeah. And like, these are from World War II, but they're still good. The British left it whenever they invaded Africa. Like, okay, whatever. So and that was. The, uh, that game is notable too because you had to maintain your weapons or they would explode in your fucking hands or they would just jam at inopportune times. And it's like, that's not, all of these things sound really interesting until you do you it. Play them as game mechanics and suddenly they, they are always breaking the flow of combat of just traveling it's something is always interrupting you and nothing is more frustrating than that so i really got burned by far cry 2 because i love far cry 1 far cry 2 burned me and i was like all right this is enough far cry for me guys i'm out and i didn't play one until six you know like <laughs> so many far cries later and i had heard like ubisoft just keeps making games they have so many studios they're doing good they're doing their thing and they're making that money. At least I thought they were. So I saw Far Cry 6 at the local library, and I picked it up. And I'm like, whoa, Nave, this game is, it's goddamn beautiful. 
And whoa, they got actors in this actual voice actors with mocap. This is crazy. Like Far Cry's come a long way from Far Cry 2. And you're like, they did this in Far Cry 3. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your history with the Far Cry franchise? And don't bring up the movie. There's a movie? Oh, you haven't seen the Far Cry movie featuring Jack Carver <laughs> as he as white dude who shoots people in tropical locale. <laughs> It's a, so that's a, that's that describes Far Cry perfectly. <laughs> that's every one of them. But no, yeah, except it's for like except a, for six, because you're what? a local in six. Oh yeah, you are. You're right. Well, uh, I played one, two, and three, uh, and then forevermore didn't care about Far Cry because I was like, I see where this is going, and then I just fucking uh, didn't play any of them. Yep. I was really interested in Far Cry Five just because just narratively. Because, you know, it's kind of cool thinking about, like, it's in America. It's, like, in Montana or some shit. Just some uh, white people hillbilly place. And, like, he says from Oklahoma. But it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of interesting, you know, thinking about cults and stuff. But I know – I own all of the Far Cries. I own all of the spinoffs. I own Primal. I own uh, Blood Dragon, which Blood Dragon's pretty fun. That's the last one I played was Blood Dragon. Uh, which is very funny. Everyone should go out and play Far. That is the that is the shining diamond in the Far Cry shit pile. Which Far Cry is not shit. It's just if you play all of them, you're gonna start feeling like they're shit because, you know, collectively, like when in in relation to each other, they just all look exactly the same. Well, it's like, well, that's the end of my sentence. I forgot what I was yeah. gonna say. All right. So now that we kind of like get our experience, well, I don't know what this game is trying to do because it has fantastic saints row look at the camera and laugh moments whenever we get chorizo and guapo and we get we've so many of the characters are just awesome when we find them and it's uh like an ex-revolutionary leader who he's been a part of like nine different revolutions in 30 different countries and he has a bible he wrote himself about how to do a revolution and he's always throwing quotes at you and i'm like yeah this guy's kind of cool and then you Get like, you know, the dog and the alligator. But then you get moments where it's trying to be that immersive sim where it's, hey, you got to get a car. You got to drive 600 meters. You can't jump more than three feet without breaking your ankle. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. What, what is this game trying to do? And then you squirrel suit at a hunt yeah. at Mach <laughs> 5 and then you just unsquirrel suit one inch from the ground. Perfectly fine. Nail the landing. Like Philip was explaining to me, like you can pull the parachute as well, like in the squirrel suit. And Philip was like, "You don't need to do that." Like I was pulling the parachute every time because I was under the impression that if I just stopped squirrel suiting, I would Saints Row insurance fraud ragdoll across the fucking ground at 30 miles an hour, which sounds funny, but uh, it's in first person, so it wouldn't be funny. It would be nauseating. <laughs> Everything's yeah. in first person. Because when you're in squirrel suit, it has two big buns on your screen. Press B to uh, pull out the parachute, or X just says close next to x i'm like i don't know what x is gonna do you press it it instantly takes your inertia down to zero and then you just go bloop, and land on the ground yeah like your fucking teeth would fuck like you had dentures your teeth would fly out of your fucking face if you if you stopped that suddenly so i'm going for far cry 2 which is super immersive or they tried to be brutally immersive to this game which has fast travel but then the big trick is fast travel only works like eh 10% of the time you can fast travel? Just when the when the stars align and uh, Gemini is in the uh, upward position. Yeah, it's bad. Because we always wanted to fast travel because this map is so big 
you need to fly everywhere. If you're not flying, you're not going to make it. It's so big, they put in a auto-drive mechanic for you because they knew that you wouldn't want to drive this. That's kind of sad, you know. Which, you know, if you think about it, there are other open-world games. Like, they just ripped that straight from either The Witcher 3 or from Red Dead. I don't remember which game had it first. But, I mean, I'm sure, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure those weren't the first games to have that shit either. But, like, in Red Dead or Witcher, well, not in Witcher. Witcher, it's egregious too. But in Red Dead, it's really cool because you can go into this like cinematic mode, and I would do this all the time. Like I would, like I'm like, all right, time, like, because they get so much uh, dialogue and like characterization in those moments. Never happens in Far Cry 6. I mean, you get phone calls, but they're all fucking annoying and bullshit. You just want to fast travel everywhere. Red Dead Redemption 2 is exactly how you do this properly. If you're gonna have to travel long distances. Give us something to fucking absorb, something meaningful to absorb. Like Grand Theft Auto 5 is all the Grand Theft Autos are good at this. Even like San Andreas and shit like that. So it's like uh you always have some really cool conversation between a bunch of really interesting and uh fleshed out characters. Uh in Red Dead Redemption 2, you go into auto auto drive and then hold down like the back button or the B button or something, and then the camera starts panning around and it's fucking beautiful, dude. Like I know you I don't think you've played Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't I think that's what you said. No, I haven't. I played the first Jeez. one all the way that's, through, you know, like everything. You That's absolutely probably something that's at the library, man. You need to go get that as soon as possible. It is amazing. And so, yeah, I can't talk to you. I can't talk about the any of that anymore because I'm just going to start spoiling shit. But yeah, play Red Dead Redemption 2. It's one of the best games of the last generation. And that's not even that's not even a uh, that's not even a controversial opinion. I'm pretty sure in the Sacred Symbols 200, it got number one as the best game of the PlayStation 4 generation so that sounds good uh all right nave let's get let's touch in the story more and get a little political now that we've complained about the game mechanics for a while in this game nave we play as danny who i think it's funny you said get political and it's about like overthrowing the government (laughs) so it's already political (laughs) oh was it okay my fault so oh my god yeah, the whole premise is Yara is this basically Cuba knockoff country where all the people back in what was it, like 67, there was a revolution and they took down an evil dictator. Yuha, wahoo, we did it, boys. Go get them. And then they reformed a new government and they ended up voting for the grandson of the dictator, the last dictator, and said, hey, this guy says that he's a good dude now. You know, like his his dad and his grandpa were a bit of a jerk, but this guy, he says he's pretty good. He's going to, like, communist style, we're all going to vote for him. We're going to sell tobacco that has been laced with a certain chemical that can treat cancer, and everyone on Yara is going to get rich. And we're all going to be super buku denaro because we have the cure for cancer. It doesn't work, Nave. I'm sorry. What? But everyone does not get rich. Does... Uh, I, have a, I have a sincere question because I didn't pay attention to a lot of the story. Does Castillo ever say he's going to make Yara great again? Uh, yeah, that was actually in the, where was it? In the little intro or whatever I read. Uh, he's promising to return Perfect. Yara to its former glory. Ah, yes, you did and, say that. <laughs> yeah, he is super rich. Uh, he has tons of money enough to form a whole, like, I don't know the population of this island. It is insane because half the people are in the military, which they highlight that because the reason your character has like weapons experience was she served in the military, but she got kicked out for punching a drill sergeant in the throat or something, something generic like that. Yeah. Whenever that happened in the campaign, you 
pointed out that that's like a meme in the military about people thinking yeah. they're going to attack drill sergeants or something. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I let somebody yell in my face. You kidding me? I punch that guy right in the throat. I personally would curl up in the fetal position and cry. <laughs> Anyways, Danny is realizing that this place is getting worse because there's a whole bunch of freedom fighters. There's the military. Uh, people are dying from exposure to the chemicals they're treating the, t- the tobacco with. So she meets up with her friends for one last party before she's going to Miami to open up a car body shop. Woo! As one awesome. does. Yep. But then, lo and behold, we see the military arresting people in the streets, and your best friend throws a beer bottle at him. The military turns around and shoots him right through the head. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, you and your friend who wants to join the rebels then escape onto a boat heading to Miami where you realize, oh, no, the president's El Presidente, his son is on the boat, too. So and he was trying um, to escape to Miami. I don't want to be this guy again, but um, I'm going to do this multiple times as we talk about the story. This is essentially trying to chase by, beat by beat Far Cry 3's intro. <laughs> so, is it really? Yeah. So Far Cry's intro, you know, you're a bunch of partying dudes. Uh, you, so uh, someone, di- someone really important close to the character dies in front of them. Uh, shot through the head, both of well, he, this guy gets shot in the neck, but you know that's I I consider that part of your head. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but um, <laughs> of course the uh, there's even a big speech with the big bad uh uh Castillo shows up on your boat. Why is Castillo there? Wow, I mean, well it's because the is the kid actually yeah the kid's there never mind. But yeah, Castillo shows up on the boat. Uh, in the thing, what's his name is talking to you. I can't remember his name, but the the insanity speech is made. The other guy talks about he tries to make his own insanity speech. Uh, none of everything is trying to chase Far Cry 3's like prestige because Far Cry 3 is still held as this like huge game. And multiple times throughout this, I'm going to point out that this is a beat by beat recreation. It's basically The Force Awakens or whatever. What is that? Which Star Wars movie just tried to be A New Hope or something? Yeah, it's a Force you know Awakens. Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah, they're just doing that. They're like. But it's it's like that again. You know what I mean? Well, one thing the story did, or like the, um, I say the story, it's mostly this actor. He's really good. Uh, the main bad guy. Uh, many points he would come out and do like a, oh, what was the 19, was it 1984? With the, you have to do double think. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's stop Big Brother. He is creating this climate of real and fake yarns, which yarns well, are the people. Well, uh, double think is the other thing. Like, double think is what you have to do to be subservient, because it, it's like it's like training yourself to say something. Uh, it's this is actually I'm not gonna try to explain. It well, no, I'm trying stupid. to say like he is trying to basically set up a climate that anybody that isn't a member of the military or actively helping Yara is a fake Yaren, not a real person, a mock man, if you will. So he's the Chinese government. Pretty much. If you're not on his side, you're not a real member of, and you can be killed, pretty much. You're not a real citizen. Great. A real Pol Pot. Yeah, so that's pretty harsh. This is where we start getting into some very um, extra, like, spicy political topics of any scene with these guys, or, like, cutscene, goes from a yeehaw shooty adventure with Guapo chopping people's heads off with his giant gator teeth to the next scene of an interview with El Presidente where 
like a, an American news reporter is here to basically say like, hey, what's up with all these? Uh, we heard a lot of ethical, unethical things are going on with your people where they're being used as slave labor and stuff like that. And he's like, well, you know, America was founded by slaves and it starts going to this whole conversation. Hey, did you, were you ready for this in your video games? Uh, no, not really. I, I did say I was like not paying attention, but I, there were some cutscenes I would just randomly like kind of fade in. And this was one of them where he started talking about it. And I thought it was interesting because at first I laughed because I'm like, of course, uh, you know, we're talking about American slavery in this fucking game right now. But also it's like, you know, he would do that. Like that is, that is in care. That is in character with a fascist pol uh, political, like being challenged in, uh, in an interview that's going to be uh, multinationally viewed, you know what I mean? It's like some he would immediately start deflecting and shining a spotlight on the negative parts of somebody else's country rather than allowing people to sit there and uh, continuously view. It's like it makes me think of uh, what is that movie with James Franco and what's his name? And they go to Korea and assassinate uh, Kim Jong-un or oh, whatever. Is it The Interview? The interview, yeah. yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, like, how the stores would be, like, fully stocked, but they're just, like, fake food. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's on a predetermined route where they drive the tourists through so that people think that they have food, but really they're all starving and shit. Like, that's, like, it's getting into, like, a lot of, like, real world shit, world, real world shit but it's, like, maybe they're trying they're trying to be evocative, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many points where we talk about the dream is to, or in this game, the dream is to make it to America so we can start up our, our body shop or whatever and work on cars. That's our dream in life. And we meet so many people that basically tell us to grow up and move on. Uh, there was one line, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went so I don't mess this up. It was along the lines of like, uh, people of our color can't make it in America, something along those lines. Oh, it was a character. The character basically said they don't. Uh, our skin tone. Uh, this the American dream is not for people with our color, with our skin oh, tone. Oh, that was it. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And it's very, it's very funny because it's like, how do they like know that? Like, is it? It's interesting. It's like, is American culture that pervasive that even in this, this, this country is not like modern you know what i mean like where we are they're like using like radios and shit and all and everything there's a lot of like dilapidated like shanty towns and shit that you're going through i mean it's a beautiful place but it's like they're not all using like like everyone has like iphones for some reason but they're not using like xboxes and shit they're not watching tv like they have tiny crts but it's supposed to be modern day you know what i mean that's what i'm talking about and it's like how do they know this kind of like cultural like zeitgeist that is going on here in america with the whole blm and everything it's like not, no one ever says like blm or anything but that's like the talking point it's like if you aren't white then the american dream isn't for you is that like a propaganda machine like castillo's done or is that is it is it like saying that american culture is that pervasive even in like places like this or is it just americans like make or it's like montreal right is that who made yeah. this so it's canadians making statements about america in their game just kind of just dropping those in there you know what i mean oh, okay it's curious you actually got me with that one because if this is actually a canon in-game instance of castillo's propaganda this that makes it so much more interesting to me like because that what, would disincentivize people to leave to america right yeah like if that's the whole thing if they're scared of america more than they are castillo 
they're more likely to stay and slave in the fields. And Castillo is really well read and he's really intelligent. Like every moment you ever see him, he's never not elegant. You know what I mean? I don't know if about the end, he might turn into a little crying bitch at the end. I assume he dies with honor, but they probably, how does he die? <laughs> I'm curious. Right, I was going to get to that later on. Um, we then like, let's stay more in this political aspect. We'll get there. Great. So we meet a lot of interesting characters along our way. We go through and we befriend three different sectors of people. One is the tobacco farms where we meet the the farmers who's led by Espalda, the sword, who is just a monster killing machine. And then he, we meet he kills monsters. No, just other yarns. He's fucking Geralt of Rivia. <laughs> and her whole thing is that their family has been farming in in here since before the the last general for like 200 years. Her family has lived on this land and farmed it. So that's the whole thing is like she can motivate the village people. Then we go and we meet the, it just looks like Louisiana, the swamp people, which these are, <laughs> what are their names? I can't remember it, but this Doesn't is matter. where we meet, we meet Bicho and the couple. I don't remember the couple's name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and the couple, they're a bit high strung. They're wacky. They're chaotic and they want to be hip hop singers or something. Rappers. I don't even know. I'm, I'm not hit with it. He's like a and, DJ or something, which I don't know. I don't understand. Like, no one, even back then, I'm like, dude, if you, no one wants to hear you scratch a record, it's the most fucking annoying sound in the history of the universe, man. Like, stop interrupting my song. I just want to hear Don't Stop Believing. Stop scratching your damn record, youngin. So they, they want to make it to America to make it big think, as rock stars, you know? I think they're the ones that dropped that line that we, that we led this whole political okay. thing in with. Yeah, I'm pretty it. sure it was the one. It was the woman saying it to the, the other person. Yeah. Okay. We keep dancing around this because we really don't know how to say this. But in the couple, there's a woman, and the other person is trans. And I didn't even realize that until they drop a major bomb at one point because I thought it was just like maybe an effeminate man or something. I wasn't really worried about it. But it was it was interesting because whenever it happened, Philip was like, "Wait, this person's trans," and I heard it also. So I had just happened to be listening. And so I was confused because Phil, it was like, is this a male to female or female to male? Because I thought it was a lesbian relationship. I thought they were both women. And I thought that it was just the other person was just, just dressed in like a more masculine way, I guess. I don't know what I thought. And Phil was like, they have, she has a mustache or he has a mustache. We're going to fucking make people upset with this. But we, like, if it's a man, right? I don't see that's the problem is I'm not sure how they refer to her or him in the in the game but the whole problem is she says that she can't stay here because they don't like do you know what happens to trans people in yura or yora or whatever yara like they they won't accept me here so i need to go to america and it's Which like well, accepted. they're very accept this person's very accepted amongst everyone so it's like yeah, they're the leader of the gang the whole gang <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but, it doesn't uh, make sense but yeah, they said that it's like I uh, after after we fight for our uh, for our rights against the fascists, I still have to continue fighting for my life. And then that's whenever you learn. And then they're like, because I'm trans, and you're like, whoa, okay, well, does this go somewhere? No, does this that's go the somewhere, last Philip? part. No, okay, so that's whole thing is like then they're worried that they run away to America because they disappear for a little bit. But no, it turns out they were out there fighting the fight, taking back Yara for them. And so it ended up not being a plot point because uh, the female uh, 
girl and the couple or whatever, she was like really torn up and she was going crazy attacking people. She ends up dying. I think I don't remember. No, she doesn't die. It's another girl. So many of these characters blend together too. Like that's the other problem. Yeah, unfortunately. It's because so, like there are three factions and each one has their storyline of going through and the storyline is just take back the fucking land. You know what I mean? So it's like it, they're all variations of the same story that you have to go through three times. And also Philip had to go through six times because he fucking had to play with me again. Yeah. Anyways, it's weird specifically this point of discrimination because we find out later that Castillo specifically put his main general in charge is a female and he tells her point blank as like a warning because things were not going well because Danny was out there massacring everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And so he goes up to his general and she's, he's like, do you know why I picked you? And she's like, no, why? She's like, you you weren't the best. It was all affirmative action just because, you know, we need to prove that we don't discriminate here. I made you my female general. Well, and, that's, like, oh. and that's not even like us riffing. We're not joking about that. Like he, he tells her on the phone point blank that there were other generals way more talented, way more capable for her position. And the only reason that she's there is because she's a woman and he needs to, he needs, it needs, he needs to look good for the Americans that are like scrutinizing this drug of this cancer drug. And it's really an interesting part because it's like, it's like, I don't know. What are they saying with this? You know what yeah, I mean? I'm trying to find the message because like, we have multiple people sh- struggling with discrimination in this, in their own country that they're fighting to change and they don't want to leave because they're worried they'll face discrimination elsewhere. And it's also like, this guy's the bad guy. That's like a shitty thing to say to somebody. But at the same time, it's like, is this, that's like, that's what that is though, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that, how do I fucking say this? I'm like tripping over my words now. Like the whole argument against this sort of like diversity hiring is like, they're like, if you're picking somebody based on like, just characteristics like biological characteristics of a person rather than what they are capable of doing in the position like that's like the whole argument isn't it because i'm not even sure i'm not even sure like what the fucking point of all of that was you know what i mean like why was it even there like what who like it's it seems like so strange to just randomly drop in the middle of a cutscene, right because that's right before we kill her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we go yeah. in and we kill her after that. But she's willing to die for her country at that point, too. Like, she never, like, she never comes to your side and says, you know, the pre- El Presidente is not a good dude. She fights to the death. It seems like there's so many different, like, ideas. Like, there's so many different fucking uh, hands in the pot or whatever. There's too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen. We've got a story. lot of flavors in this soup. Yeah, like, and it's like it, it's it just comes out as tasteless. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Everything bland. Seems rough because at one point there's a mission where you get drugged, and the second this happened, I messaged you. I'm like, Nave, they do a spec ops line in this game, and they continue that later on. Like, me and you didn't really play much after this point, but it, it's a reoccurring point where they basically call Danny out because Danny. Just wants to leave to go to her chop shop. But instead, she decides to stay and join Libertad to fight against El Presidente. And she is a killing machine. She is out there blowing people's heads off. She is killing everyone she sees. Danny cannot be stopped, no matter what. 
and you get drugged. All of a sudden you start getting these weird flashbacks of your best friend that got shot in the head and you get a flashback to your other friend that wanted to join Libertad, but she died on the way and you lived because Castillo By blows the way, up the boat. This is like this is like 20 hours into the game and those people died in the first like 15 minutes. So it's like I had no idea who they were. So I I was seeing these people like I have no idea who you are and why I care about you. And Philip was like that's your friend from the beginning. I'm like I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I don't care. Yeah, I was googling a uh, female Danny. <laughs> I was like, I want to know the names back then. I wasn't oh, caring about the people I knew were gonna die. But they start saying lines like, "You should be dead. Why? Why are you so lucky? What are you even doing here? All you're doing is killing. You don't care about Yara. You don't care about freedom. All you care about is killing." And which okay, so you also mentioned like you're like this is the spec ops the line moment. Well, spec ops the line is evocative for one thing, you know, and thought provoking. But it's like. Well, I guess I just redundantly said two things that mean the same thing. But it's like you you can compare this more directly to another game. Do you know what game I'm about to say, Philip? Stanley Parable? Far Cry 3. This oh, actually exactly happens in Far Cry 3 as oh, well, yes. You get drugged. You get questioned about if do you even want to go back to civilization. This exactly happens. You don't have a cell phone in your belly, but uh, you're actually having sex with a woman. So it's great it's like it's it's the opposite of having a bomb cell phone in your fucking stomach but um yeah it's uh it happens in far cry 3 as well all right so put a pin in uh maybe danny isn't the best dude or maybe you're not the best dude for making danny do all these atrocities we carry on and this is where we meet the legends of 67 with their leader el tigre who is actually my favorite character in the game el tigre is cool yep He's this old dude without a shirt on who's always smoking a cigar and he calls you baby Tigre as soon as you meet him. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, El Tigre, what's going on? He's like, Donnie, time to get to work with the revolution. And you're like, all right, let's do it. And you go and you rescue his tank Carlito from the Yarin History Museum. You like drive it through the rainforest, blowing things to pieces. I didn't realize until later on it has a flamethrower mounted to it. You use it to D-Day siege the fortress and blow your way through the front gates of like this huge military occupation. I'm like, this is the best part of the game. You could have just made El Tigre's mission the whole game and it would have been worth it. I I agree. The game is bloated and you do do the, you, it is very repetitive. If it just had that one thing, I probably, I would have definitely finished the game at that, for one thing, but I would have finished it with less ire. You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> not trying to just, continue this fight like it wasn't it wasn't entertaining even a little bit towards the end and what's interesting is, is that so you you keep saying like this is linear linearly how you did it but these three missions structures can be done in any order so like me and philip both did the same mission first for philip or whatever felipe or whatever and then philip went to the middle one but i went to the bottom one it's second so i'm doing el tigre shit second and everything Similar t in a, in a way you could think about it like uh, Resident Evil Six, where there were three main campaign structures, not counting Ada's, and each structure was kind of based around a different motif, a different kind of game uh, inspiration. And uh, this game is similar to that because, uh, what were we describing each one was like? Because I think the LT Gray one we were describing like Just Cause. Like I was yeah. like, this is just Just Cause. Yeah, you're just blowing stuff up. You're leaving the revolution. Uh, the 
uh, what was it? The one with the small, the, I almost felt it was kind of like Mass Effect because it was more about relationships because the whole premise was like family drama because you came in, uh, you met Papa who didn't want to take the fight outside of their lands because they were worried that the, the farmers weren't ready to fight. Espalda, though, who was a bloodthirsty killer, was ready to take the fight to him. And they end up rescuing uh, Papa's brother, who has been in prison for the last, like, seven years. We get him out, and he instantly stabs us in the back and turns Papa over to, um, I don't know, the, the army or whatever. Like, he basically, like, screws us over so that we end up losing Papa. Espalda takes over and is like, well, time to finish the fight. And we get our revenge by killing the uncle and moving on. In the Just Cause side, it's like there's even a level that's exactly just what Just Cause is, which is like you have to blow up tanks that are big and red. And like that's just Just Cause. Like in Just Cause, it's literally just blow up anything that's red. You know what I mean? If it's red, yeah. kill it. And it's like, I don't know. Just Cause is like infinitely more replayable though because the sandbox is more diverse you know you you have so much more goofy shit that you can do and it's very tongue-in-cheek like the beginning of just cause 3 you are literally grappled on the side of a missile riding it like you're fucking like you're a cowboy you know what i mean like walking yeah. up the side of a missile ripping out the guts and then jumping away it, i mean it's just uh, it's just like uh saints row just causes all right so El Tigre's mission, the whole thing is that these are these old legends who want to fight, but they just don't got the motivation. They need the, the life in their bones back. And, but also in their same zone, they have La Morale, who's these young whippersnappers who just like to shoot guns and yeehaw it out there. Anyways, you go out there and you basically befriend them. And until, you know, you get to a point where El Tigre claps you on the back and he's like, you know, Danny, you're, you're the best in the business. You're the... Uh, what was it? You're you're not baby Tigre anymore. You're Danny, and you're worth more than ten Tigres. And I'm like, oh, El Tigre, you're the best. Yeah. When El Tigre died, I genuinely like sat up and was like, why? Oh yeah. The and only then he character died. I enjoyed right after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this game does that fucking anime thing where you just it just fucking emotion dumps you. It, it just all this info onto you so that you get emotionally invested in the character and then the next mission they're gonna die so like you kept making the joke it's like hey man they're they're really loving this dad right they're giving us a lot of information about why this dad means a lot to them what do you think is gonna happen and then the next turn next mission he dies and what's funny is he dies in a cutscene, and then i genuinely was like who was that you know what i mean like i felt <laughs> it was like that was the dad are you feeling bad and i was like who's that am i i'm just confused again god none of these characters matter Except for El Tigre and Guapo. Well, uh, and Chi Chirozo or something, whatever the, the dog's leader name of too. the morale also died. Uh, the girl with red hair that looks like Harley Quinn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she died too with El Tigre. Which no everyone's hot. Everyone's hot. Did you notice that? Only hot people are allowed to lead anything. I <laughs> just think about El Tigre walking around shirtless. <laughs> yeah, or, dude. Um, El Tigre is fucking jacked. He looks good. He looks good. Or do that. Fun oh, did you see his old picture where it's like, yeah, that's me. And he's holding like an RPG standing on the tank and he's like super <laughs> ripped. And he's like, that was me 30 years ago. Fucking. God, you, you're, you're so correct when you say if it was just LT Gray's line of like missions, then it, this game would have been great. <laughs> like, like, why do why is there like 25 more hours of content? It's like another gripe that a lot of people have with the, the Last of Us Part 2. It's like 
there's multiple spots where this game probably could have ended and it would have been fine. Like, but the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. Like, you, you just want it over at some point. All just right. like people who listen to our show. I just want us to wrap so, it up. Like in St. Tarot, the whole point is to take out the three other gangs in the city or whatever. And in this, it's to unite the three separate gangs, including, well, I guess four. Because you got like Legends, Morale, you got whatever the people living in the swamp is. And then you have uh, Aspalda and her farmer gang. You get them all united and you finally go to Siege, uh, the main capital city. I don't even remember what the capital city is called. And there are some actual good moments. Who, like, okay, I really need to look this up. What is the name of the guy that writes the book that's like with you the whole time? Juan is Carlito. Juan? Yeah, it's Juan. Is that his name? I don't know. Yeah. I just. Okay. Yeah, is it so Juan Carlito? Juan. Yeah, it's Juan Carlito, I think. So. I don't know how um, that happened. <laughs> he is supposed to be like the master of revolutions or whatever. And the whole time he's basically just, he does not care about people at all. He's like a revolutionary's fight is never over. He's always killing. And he's like, Danny, you're just like me. Another spec ops line moment. The other part is you talk to one of the old legends, the old lady who was there back in 67. And she's like, you remind me of, I don't remember his name. It was another animal's name in Spanish. La Puma. You remind me of La Puma. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just like him. The problem is he could not stop killing after the fight was over. And El Tigre had to take him down. It was El Tigre in the ring with La Puma. And he got him in the arm bar and just took him all the way down to the, the ropes. Whatever. So what you're it, describing to me is a Yakuza storyline, right? Pretty much. And they're like, you're, Danny, if you keep going down this path, you're going to be just like them. And Danny's like, I'll never be like them. You know, like, I know when to stop. Like, I'm not doing this because I don't want to be a leader. And they're like, well, what's his face? The Puma tried to take over, too, whenever we took down the other leaders. We had to stop him. And we're like, I remember okay, that, yeah, I remember the spot specifically because I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. But Philip was like, I mean, Philip, as if you're not here, you were like, I like this. This is a good story. And I'm like, what? I'm like collecting metal. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, the cell phone's on? Sorry, I had, I had the volume muted. So we get to a point where we get with old Juan Carlito and we make our way up into, what was it? I think, uh, what was his name? Carla? Whoever our boss is of Libertad or whatever goes to get a, a meeting with El Presidente and surprise, it was a trap and he takes her hostage and he's like, hey, I know Danny's the one out there doing all the murdering, so I, I want Danny to come up here and we're like, all right, Juan, we're not doing that, but we are going to sneak in there. And you know how, like, you're able to pick up bodies and move them around and stuff? And how that never comes up in the first <laughs> yeah. 20 hours of gameplay? That comes up. All of a sudden, it is a Metal Gear Solid invasion as you sneak stealth. Because if you get caught at all, it's instantly mission over. You don't even get to fight your way out. And you have to full-on stealth into a fortress on his island just to get in there. And instantly, Juan is like, all right, I need you to get him closer so I can snipe him. And so you're, like, sitting at a table. It's, uh like a Darth Vader situation where you're unarmed, just sitting at the dinner table with Boba Fett. And <laughs> why does uh, that you have to do with Darth Vader? You know, that's those scene. It was in the star Wars, um, like five when they go to Bespin and he like walks in and Han Solo, like tries to shoot Darth Vader and Darth Vader blocks it with his hand. And he's like, does the force pulls his weapons away. And he's like, please have a seat. And then they all sit down at the table and there's like food on the table. Like they're about to eat. You know I don't remember about? that. I remember Lando. I remember yeah, Sky that was City. the whole point. Was Lando was like, "I'm sorry, it had to be this way," you know. Yeah, and then what's his name gets frozen in Poo Poo Rock. Yeah, 
it was right before that scene. But anyway, so you're sitting at the table for family dinner, and Juan is basically like, heck it, I can't see him. I'm taking out the kid. And you see, like, the laser, like, swipe up and like, go right on the kid's head. And the whole time, Danny has saved this kid's life, like, four separate times. Oh, I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead. There's one scene before this where Danny gets captured by El Presidente, and she is about to be killed by El Presidente's second in command, basically his hitman. There's a guy that has a peg leg and like half his face missing or whatever in a cowboy hat, and he's about to kill him. And El Presidente Jr. pulls out his handgun and shoots the general through the head and saves Danny's life. You're like, what? El Presidente Jr.? You're a nice guy? Little Bowser Jr.? You're on our side? Well, I feel like a lot of the scenes where you see Carlito and young and young Carlito there, he's like... uh always questioning his dad but it's like isn't that just normal <laughs> don't isn't that like just scientific you know like you could just predict what kids are going to be like based on what their parents are like like they're either going to be exactly like them or they're going to be the opposite of them isn't that like a right. thing am i making something up i don't know so the whole premise is basically like maybe uh el presidente jr isn't bad so we go through all this process we see that like old juan is about to snipe bowser jr and so we we're like no bowser jr we tackle him uh carla gets shot in the head and we're like Sick. oh no who's gonna lead libertad we end up escaping who's, who's carla your boss uh, you can't see me now but i'm like struggling i'm struggling she's, to keep it together she's the leader of libertad like the main boss all right i believe you <laughs> yeah okay and she's the one to see you on the mission to basically get all the gang together this is like the Bible, <laughs> you're, what you're describing to me. Okay, so that's the best part, is after this mission, all of a sudden, you know, you escape or whatever, and you're like, Juan, you know, don't kill the kid. And he's like, ah, oh, Danny, don't you know, there's, like, we don't kill the kid, he's just going to be the dicta- dictator next time. You know, he's like, you know, it's like whatever to him. And, you know, he, he lights up a cigar a and just laughs. Which... That is the whole storyline between behind El Presidente was his grandpa was El Presidente dictator <laughs> back in the day. He gets killed. Him and his dad get locked in a prison cell for 13 years whenever he was only like 13 or something like that before they finally kill his dad. They end up letting him go free. El Presidente regains power and has a son. And that, then we get caught up to where we're at right now. <sighs> so, that was a really on. I know. <laughs> That's what this game is like. So we wake up back at base. Carla's dead. We are Commander Shepard now. We stand up. We have all new general gear. And we walk out there. All the people are here. All what's left of the legends, La Morale, uh, Swamp People, <laughs> and the farmers are all there. And they're like, so what's the move, Commander? And you're like, we kill him. And you do a speech. And it's a really bad speech. And they're like, dang, Danny, you, you're you only good at killing, aren't you? Like, they legit like do something like that. And she's like, oh, it's yeah, not it's the Commander of... Shepard speech? You know the yeah, speech, the, what is it, the second, uh, the second game before the suicide mission? You can give you a speech, and like you get to choose what you say. It's really fucking awesome. Ah, uh, Mass Effect. No, Mass Effect probably does it much better. Because you do a speech. I almost wanted to watch the cutscene with you, but it's bad. Basically, you do it very poorly. They're like, wow, you suck at this. All right, let's just go kill him, you know? And they're like, Viva Libertad. And they're like, Yeah, Viva Libertad. The, um, there is, so, okay, so wait, one thing. 
You said we were decked out in general gear. You mean you don't we, we don't look like some kind of fucking stupid homeless fo homeless football player anymore because this no. game has the stupid you get to mix and match your shoes and hat and shit with like different armors and like you pick up equipment. Like why? <laughs> you look so bad. You everyone always looks stupid. No, because they it's give like you the like destiny an, thing. They give like, you an you awesome beret. You have a sweet matching. vest. You have like a big knife on your chest. Like you look cool. Do you look cool or do you look evil? I don't know. It's a big like uh, Che Revolution type look. You know, Che Guevara or whatever. Yeah, heard that guy was a bad guy. Uh, like the uh, in the Snark take, they were talking about like Darth Vader looking really fucking awesome. Like, why do evil people look really cool? But they're like, you know, what would make Darth Vader not look fucking awesome if he was white instead of black? And then I thought about it, and I was like, he would look stupid if he was white. Like, if his armor was not just dark black like it is. Like, they gave him Stormtrooper colors? Like, he was just, yeah, if he was just white. Like, it, it makes sense, too, because the Stormtroopers are white. Except for the other color ones. But it's like, whatever, man. It's so right. funny, though. And so everyone I asked, I'm like, hey, do you like Darth Vader if he's white? No fucking way, man. No, not a chance. That hat looks this? stupid. Darth Vader's so mask fight. is dumb. Oh my god. Let, let us just get through <laughs> So that way I can basically tell you what happens. So you fight your whole way up there. Uh, you get into a big emotional cutscene at the end where old, um, like, oh, I forgot his name. El Presidente Bowser is holding Bowser Jr. in a headlock. And he's like, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll shoot him. And Danny's like, don't shoot him. He's innocent. He's a good boy. And he's like, ah, but that's the problem. We are just the product of our surroundings. I was a good boy until my father was taken from me and his father was taken from him. And he's like, I'm sorry, my little Chico, but if this keeps going this way, your, your life will only be struggles too. So he kills his own kid and slits his own throat right in front of you. What? And, yeah. That's the end of the game? Yeah. Danny runs over and tries to stop the bleeding on Bowser Jr. But by the time... Um, old lady from the legends, who's the only doctor in the group, makes it up the 50 flights of stairs into the, the penthouse you're fighting in. It's already too late and they lose him. I think Danny is, is like, Danny's got experience. Like, Danny could probably fucking fix all this. Like, you know, whenever you heal yourself, you like fix a broken finger, you like, you like, uh, unbreak your wrist, you pull out glass shards from your arm. Like, there's always a graphic healing, uh, montage that happens whenever you hold down the y button i think he probably has enough experience to be a field medic at least all right so, so that's bullshit bad so ending bowser and bowser jr are both dead on the floor uh old juan walks in kicks bowser jr in the shin walks over grabs a cigar starts drinking a brandy and lighting up and you're like oh juan He's like, he's like, I think I'm going to head over to Africa next and keep this going. I'm on a hot streak. And we're like, okay. And then all the other people come in. The old lady from the legends looks over at you and is like, I think we need a leader. And then she like makes eye contact with you. And then instantly like uh, Espalda and La Morale are both like, there's only one person in this room I actually trust. Because before this, the groups really weren't working together. And they all look at Danny and they're like, like, you have our, our, you have my sword, Commander, and Danny's and my like, beard. yeah, pretty much. And then Danny says, "No, I'm not doing this," and walks out. And then 
is the if the after credits uh, scene him at the at the uh, car shop that he makes in America. Okay, no, I thought you were gonna go like he's at a bar eating breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> and Juan shows up and he's like, "I got another revolution for you." God damn it! <laughs> that was a better. That was a better. Go God. on, tell me. Oh no, that's it. And they're like, "What, Danny? You're the. You're literally the best. You killed nine thousand people to get us here. Like you should lead us. You're a killing machine." And Danny's like, "I'm an idiot. Yeah, like you guys figure it out. I'm not dealing with this." And she leaves. <laughs> God, I don't even know how to feel about this. Like, after watching, I'm like, what am I supposed to, like, feel like, then there's, like, no context. It's like, what happens to the, they had a cure for cancer. What happened? Like, are we still making it? But that's the thing, too. It's like, did they really ever have a cure for cancer? Or is it like that one, who's that woman that fucking tricked everybody and she's, like, going to prison now? Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like, there's this thing where, like, she had this thing, like a machine where you just take, just, take a little bit of blood and then it like analyzes your blood for like diseases and shit. And it's going to be like revolutionary, but it was fake. It was always fake. It never like, and she got so many, like she had duped like, like real, like medical people and shit. Oh, like the like, air umbrella. Yeah. Like it was like a, <laughs> a very serious situation though. Like it was not like the air umbrella, <laughs> but it was like, yeah. And she's going to prison now. Cause she, had like millions of dollars invested in this fucking thing that never existed. Okay, well, a side plot is um, El Presidente has cancer, and the... What? Yeah, and the whole premise is like the plants do actually treat it, but the treatment only lasts for about 10 years, and the cancer returns. The problem is like... Uh, so it's the same as chemo. They don't... That- the, the other premise is they don't sell to Americans. Like that's another plot point is they don't give any of the any of the crops to America. They only sell overseas. Why? Yeah. I, yeah, it's so weird. The whole point is like um they don't want to do business with America, but then they have that whole subplot of the Canadian senator, Senator Armstrong, who shows up with his nano machines. Yeah, and he calls us the Libertards. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, when and I everyone replayed, calls him a Yankee, but he's he makes a point multiple times that he's from Canada. There's a mission where Juan calls you, and Juan's like, "Yo, don't kill Senator Armstrong because he is he's going to pay us a lot of money to fund the revolution." And then you have a choice. You actually do have a choice, Nave. And of course, Nave instantly shot him after the cutscene was over. Killing oh yeah, him. classic me. The moment I got control of my character and I saw that my gun was in my hand, I just immediately shot him in the face. Just to see what would happen. Usually, you know, we get a game over screen. Or, like, what what, what normally happens is the character will stop talking mid-sentence and go, Ah, I'm down. Revive me. And then (laughs) I'll stare at him on the ground. And Philip goes, Ah. And he picks up the character. And she goes, Like I was saying, we need to start the revolution. And then I shoot them again in the face. And they fall over. Uh, In my game, I chose not to shoot him. Just see what happens different. And you know what happens different? Nothing. He says something racist to you and then leaves the room. <laughs> what? And then is the cutscene after the same? It's the same exact cutscene. Nothing changed. It, I knew I knew it was going to be that way because after the cutscene, because Juan is like, hey, don't shoot him. We're going to get a lot of money. We won. We did it. You know what I mean? We're going to get rich. And uh, I shot him. And then the very next cutscene was like, Juan is there and he's not mad. So I was like, 
Because I would be mad if I got fucked out of a whole bunch of money, right? He's not mad at you. He's like, yeah, that guy's cool. You know what I mean? Juan's like, ah, yeah, that guy's the revolutionary that I'm funding or whatever. And it's like, you would think he'd be upset. Like, was that a double agent? Like, I'm always overthinking this shit. It's like, wait, okay, so did did this rich man just pay an impersonator to impersonate Juan so to trick us into thinking that we were gonna we shouldn't kill him? Because I was like, that's dumb. And then I was like, but is it out of this? Is it out of the range of possibility for this game? I don't think it is. This, this isn't Metal Gear Solid. You don't need analyze everything that happens i don't know like these games they're giving me a permanent like question face you know what I mean? I'm, like squinting always i'm starting to look like that one guy from uh always sunny in philadelphia you know what i'm talking about danny the guy's DeVito. Like, yeah squinting at people you know what i'm talking no not danny yeah, devito i know you're not charlie about. day and not the tall what the one that's the most white <laughs> i'm talking about the other one i don't know how to describe them i don't really watch that show even though i should Anyway. Right, so that covers the whole plot of Far Cry 6. And I feel like I did not need to finish that game. You know the uh, secret ending in Far Cry 4? There's a secret, the secret ending. ending. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, the character who's not Voss from, you know, all of the bad guys in all the Far Cry games are just not Voss. You know, but they're, you know, wink, wink, not Voss. But um, this character invites you to a dinner at the very beginning of the game. You're sitting there at the table, and he's like, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, sit here for a minute. I got something to take care of. Like, he's probably going to go kill someone or something. He's like, okay, bye-bye now. And he leaves the room. And you're supposed to, you know, ditch, you know, escape. But if you sit there for, like, ten minutes, just sit there in the chair, he will come back and be like, hey, that was so cool of you to just stay here, you know what I mean? Uh, come on, let's go. I'm going to take you to this helicopter. And then the game ends. Like, and I think you escape or whatever. Like he takes you away from the country and you're like, oh, thank God, that's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, really, it's really funny. And then you get an achievement for it, for rolling the credits that fast. So this game, look, as a generic white person, I love any bit of culture I can like find and taste. I love me the sweet Metro. I love me. I love this game. And it's like Latin roots. No, you I don't. Loved... Because what? if you did, you'd play Yakuza. I mean, it's on my list. The problem is Yakuza no. 0 and 1 are not on Game Pass. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this. Once they put uh, was it Kwame back on there, and then I'll play it. I don't think they will. Actually, you need to play Yakuza 0 first. Don't play Kwame. That's, the, that's, that's backwards. I thought Kwame was the remake of 1. Yeah, but Yakuza 0 is the prequel to 1. Yeah, but they made 1 before they made 0. So? Do you watch Star Wars Episode 4, 5, and 6, or do you watch you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6? Like, which one did you watch I, in first? I'm pretty sure I watched 1 first. I think that's the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. And then I watched 3. Yeah, you're Have I ever off skipping seen two. Star Wars 2? I don't, I don't even to. remember Just that one. Skip it. Whatever. Star Wars is bad. Fight me. Yeah, but... The video games are good. Yeah. Okay, back to Far Cry. How you feel about this aesthetic? Do you feel like you went to fake Cuba? Game's pretty. Uh, I really didn't notice because I was always moving from waypoint to waypoint, and or or shooting Philip or blowing up Philip or shooting. Like, there's this funny thing where the game, like, if you shoot a civilian, it goes, "Don't harm civilians or unarmed people," but it never punishes you. Never. So I went out of my way to murder civilians any chance I got, just to see if something would happen, and it never did. 
I was always shooting my teammates. Like Philip was getting mad at me because like someone like the story can't progress until we hear this stupid conversation. But I keep shooting the fucking person and knocking them down so that they have to get picked back up. And I'm like, if they're going to dump this information on us, why are they giving us control of the fucking characters? Why? Just give us a cutscene. Why can't I skip this dialogue? Like, occasionally you'll get in a conversation where you can hold down B to skip, but that's only like 1% of the conversations. And the, in those conversations, if you walk a little too far away, because it's so irritating. If you walk a little too far away, they'll stop talking. They'll be like, oh, that was rude. And then they'll just stop. And then you have to go back to them. They'll be like, as I was saying, you know what I mean? But it's like, if they gave us, like, they gave us control of the character, it's incentivizing us to move around the fucking room and do stuff. Like this whole game, you're supposed to be like looting things and collecting all these resources and stuff. But like, you keep fucking railroading us onto these like mundane and uninteresting story plot points where you're getting no fucking information. You're getting no flavor. Like it's like. You are getting flavor, but none of it's, like, compelling in any fucking way. It's all by the book. It's all stereotypical. And anything that could potentially be interesting, like that trans character, that could have been an interesting fucking story. But you know how it pays off? It never comes up again. Never comes up. Like, you're just like, oh, cool, that, there's a trans person. That's interesting. It's like the Star Wars fucking, you know, you know how Disney adds Chinese characters to movies just for the China market? You, you know what I'm talking, talking about? Like yeah, in Iron Man 2, there's a scene that's only in the Chinese movies where a ch a, a specifically a Chinese person saves Iron Man's life. And the only reason why Iron Man's alive in, in, is because of a Chinese doctor. And that's only in their fucking – it turns into like a fucking – like a – like a you know those TV shows that are like the ER movie – the ER TV shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like – it's like, so scalpel. weird. It's so interesting. But that's exactly what it felt like whenever – so the character's like, I'm trans. I'm fighting for my life and stuff. It's like the moment that you scrutinize anything about that, it's like it immediately all falls apart. It's like this is clearly just lip service, right? Like the reason why I was so – like I thought it was so funny that the trans thing even came up is because it was just completely lip service. But it was in comparison to a scene that happens either right after or right before where Carlito brings up slavery to the – to, at the interview, it's like American was built on the backs of slaves, you know, so what is it like? Why are you so focused on that on our slave labor? But it's like that's something a fucking politician would do is redirect the fucking conversation like that. Right. It, it made sense that it came up, that it kind of came up. It, but it's like. I don't know, like it's it's it wasn't just randomly just kind of dropped on you. And it, I think it's something where you're supposed to go back and play that fucking storyline again with the knowledge that that person's trans or something. But it's like. Who's playing Far Cry 6 again? Really? Honestly. Well, on, <laughs> like, who's doing that? Do you think this is maybe satire? No. Are you sure? Because what, what no. if this is like a, a deep, a deep, a deep goof on us where you're not supposed to be playing this game as straightforward as we are taking it. Maybe this is like when we talked about, um, what was it? Boys in prison. What's the name of that game? A way out. Yeah, a way out where we did not take that game seriously at all. Maybe we are taking Far Cry Six too serious. I don't know because I don't think I was taking it seriously. <laughs> I was. I am taking a couple things just at face value. Just like, what does this mean? Like, they just dropped this on us. So what is it? What could it possibly fucking mean? And I think it might have something to do with me playing it for a podcast. Like, I'm just, I'm just actively in that mode of like, if something happens that I might be able to talk about, I kind of want to like analyze that in some way so that i'll have a meaningful thing to say whenever it comes up and in the conversation but it's like 
I don't know. Is there meaning? You're right. Like maybe, maybe I, maybe the fact that I am just trying to scrutinize some of this stuff, or not even scrutinize, but just examine it on a base level, and it falling apart like that. It's like maybe that is too much mental uh, effort that I'm putting into this. You know, uh, I don't know because the game itself is goofed. You know, like you're running around with an alligator named Guapo that's killing stuff. It's like there are some goofy sh things happening, but it's like you can find nuggets of like compelling narrative in games that are goofy, like. Guitar Hero, uh, Grand Theft Auto V has like serious, fuck, seriously compelling moments. And even though the game is goofy as shit, right? You can seriously like have some thought-provoking uh, storylines going on in even satire. And so, if this game is satire, then it's not. I know it's not. Like, there's no way it is. Like, it's. I don't know. You you've got me in a loop now cuz now I can't even stop thinking about that. It's like the game doesn't I feel like it almost doesn't respect the subject matter that it's bringing up. It throws it up in a popcorn movie style of like, "Hey, look at us. We're talking about slavery. We're talking about skin color. We're talking about trans, and we're talking about I don't know, affirmative slave action." Labor. Slave yeah, labor. Affirmative, dude, that affirmative action thing, that's what really threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa we're bringing this up now how does this pay off like i thought for sure that she was gonna like turn coat or something but no we just yeah, kill her. that's what and i was like, waiting and for it never comes back it never comes back it's like hey you're only here because you're a woman bye bye now and then it just never had like it's like that could have been compelling that it could have happened like it, that could have been thought-provoking that's what hurts me even more about this and it's like the ending the whole point is like one is this symbol of basically showing hey revolutions never end this cycle of violence will continue. Danny, as long as you're here, you're going to be just like me. You're going to be killing. That, that's what I felt like the whole thesis of the of your relationship with the first character you really meet as a freedom fighter. And then we go on to the far side and we have El Presidente who goes as far as to kill Bowser Jr. and himself because he thinks the same way. He thinks the fighting never ends. If he dies and Bowser Jr. lives, Bowser Jr. is just going to take up the fight in his own way when he grows up. Or am I giving this game too much credit? I, I, that has to be the... I mean, I didn't finish it, so now I, I... This is a spot where I don't know, but it's like, yeah, like... That has to be... Something along those lines. I mean, the game is trying to make statements. It's just like, I don't know... I don't know what the statement exactly is, because I'm getting so many mixed messages from... Not just the, the subject, but also the tone and the presentation. Like It's like there's so many conflicting feelings and it, and it's like what i was saying before i think there's just too many cooks in the fucking kitchen with the with something like this oh but like, i think way. there's just so many people just trying to pull a whole bunch of things in a whole bunch of directions and none of it sticks the guy that drugs us so we get those weird flashbacks is also the inventor of the chemical that is used to make the tobacco cure cancer and we kill him and they say that like the technology is lost after that. Just with this one he's guy also dying. cartoonishly evil. Oh, he's super evil. He's as bad as the doctor from Outlast. Like, he's the same guy. He's literally like, I take pleasure in killing the poor in my experiments. He's like talking to you about it, drugging you and stuff. It's like, yeah. He's like, this is my favorite part whenever I cut people open and put this shit inside of them just to see what happens. And I'm like, all right. 
great i guess you're gonna have to kill you dude (laughs) like like just to make sure it's like uh remember when we were playing dead space 3 and the the very first encounter you have with the cult they're like killing civilians and kicking women in the face and shit and it's just moments where it's like make sure you remember these guys are cartoonishly evil so it's okay to murder them it's like trying it's like these these weird write-offs for like the what was it called the ludo narrative dissonance of murdering nine thousand people to get to this one guy and then try to remember that you're a good guy you know what i mean but it's like how every video game ends up being whenever you scrutinize it in that kind of way yeah see god far cry's kill me because everyone like it comes up multiple times like oh far cry hasn't changed since far cry 3 well like has halo really changed that much since halo 1 but we still play it hmm I don't know. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, it does change, right? I mean, like there are there are callbacks, but it, for the most part, like things are actively progressing, right? I think the I think one big difference is that each Far Cry game is like its own like enclosed narrative, and it's not like Far Cry Six is directly Sequel. after Far Cry Five, yeah. which is directly after Far Cry. It's like Halo Infinite is after Halo Five. You know what I mean? And so there is progression that's happening. So it's like if Final Fantasy just continually made seven over and over again with different skins. Oh, this is the Pokemon problem. Pokemon's been making the same game for 20 years. I mean, that's why people liked Arceus so much. I mean, so Tales from the Backlog just had an episode on Pokemon Arceus with uh, Jared from Play Along. So uh, one of the things that they stuck on for a little while is that they were just super pleased that it was a Pokemon game with some other kind of loop. You know what I mean? Like something yeah, else was happening. Definitely. They're like, I will capture 600 fucking Zaboomafoos or whatever the fuck. <laughs> just so that, just, just so that I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like something different. Thank God. A crumb of innovation. All right. Uh, it made let's me want line, to play the game though. Let's line the spirit up a little. This game, while goofy with the animals, you have Guapo, you have Chorizo, and then you have the chicken fighting. Oh my god, Which I forgot I about was, the cockfighting. I was blown away by the chicken fights. Where it is a very light, it's a very light uh, 2D fighter that you can just jump in and you control a chicken. And you can fight your co-op partner in it. And it was yep. a highlight of our time with the game. Yeah, it was super interesting. Like, we every now and then we'd be back at the face, bored, and then just go, alright, uh, challenge to, like, let's Scorpion Sub-Zero it. Which, they have so many references to modern fighting games there is a street fighter reference for ryu and ken there's mortal Kombat with uh frosty and scorpion or whatever they're called frosty and toasty yeah which toasty is a direct mortal Kombat reference and i'm sure the other chickens were also references but i don't know tekken or too many other king of fighters i don't know that many fighting games i was about to say king of fighters is the one with that hot chick right but that's every fighting game except for primal rage have you ever played that is it only transform into monsters? No, they're it's just monsters. I mean, that's I think that's awesome. it's like primal rage. I think it's on the SNES or something like that. But the the thing that I remember as a kid is that in the health bar there is a beating heart, and whenever you die, the heart explodes. And I thought that that was horrifying, so I just didn't want to play <laughs> that game. I thought that was scary, and it was like a like with the veins and the capillaries and shit. I was like, I don't like, I don't like that. All right, all I don't right. Like Do you have any more mead points for Far Cry Six? Nope, I'm done with it. Wipe it, out right, wipe it off the hard drive. Let's take a break. Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, bum. And we're back. 
All right, Nave, last week you went first for your final words. I'll take this one. Whenever I saw Far Cry 6 was free in my local library, and I had just got bored playing the first, you know, two hours of Cyberpunk, and I was just looking for a good shooter, I'm like, hey, Far Cry's popular. They've made seven of them at this point, I think. I don't know how many, not counting the spinoffs. There's so many Far Cries. These games are selling great. Otherwise, they wouldn't make them. I'm going to get this, and I'm going to play it. I brought it home, and I'm like, whoa! The gunplay is really good. Whoa, we have funny characters. We have Juan and like this old guy who's like leading me on the path. We have Guapo. We have Chorizo. All of a sudden, these characters are actually, I don't know, charming to me. But then I hit hour like five and it was not <laughs> lining up. And then eventually you joined me and we started playing it together. And I'm like, okay, this game is still good. We can play it together. This game has a lot of fun moments happening. Just stupid stuff happens. But then it got to a point of, We've seen all the stupid stuff happen. We've had all the fun this game can have. It got to a point of we were just going through the mechanics. We were in an Xbox party just talking to our bros and just having fun. Well, not even having fun, just talking. And I feel like I fell asleep at the wheel. I'd wake up and we're like, oh, we're in a mission doing something? Like, I, I don't even remember us playing anymore. But we were still playing, still shooting things. Everything was automatic. It was like basically playing a firefight mode in ODST or something. It was just endless killing. And then you'd get these cutscenes that would drop these weird, semi-controversial political messages to you from very well-done voice acting with mocap. Like these, they actually look like actors and the graphics are very good. And then I would just get confused saying like, what is this game trying to say? What am I taking away from this experience? What am I supposed to be learning from this? I'm not having fun anymore. This game is weirdly preachy for a game that's not that interesting and they really just want to play edf so i would say if you can get this game for zero dollars give it a shot play for five hours go play lt grace campaign right at the beginning just play through that whole thing then uninstall the game watch the cutscenes online if you want to see what you know the actors actually do and you will have a better experience than what i had even playing this through co-op, it didn't save the game for me. I, I can't recommend this for a, a purchase. That's it. Well, 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 Philip. I don't really have anything else to say. I've said everything. Um, one thing that I really think about this game is that this is a good game. If you don't, if you haven't played games similar to this, one thing I think about with Colin Moriarty saying about Horizon. Uh, Forbidden West, but I can say it here too because it's the same thing. It's like if somebody for the first time ever is playing played an open world game and was like, I really like this. Are there any more games like this? Like, would you recommend Far Cry 6? And I'm like, yeah, I would absolutely recommend that game to that person. Like, they would probably love this. Like, child me would love this game. Like, if I, like, child me with no money, I could spend 60 bucks and get all of this fucking shit. It's like, yeah, he would have loved it with all the time in the world. I wouldn't understand anything that was happening in the story, but I mean, like I'm an adult and I barely understood what was going on in the story. I mean, I was skipping <laughs> yeah. half of it, but it's like the, the gunplay is fine. Um, the story's not bad. This is definitely a huge, huge improvement over uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Like, I, I can recommend this game to people who like, like this is an okay podcast game. 
like something that you just want to play for a long period of time, but you don't have to like listen to. If you want to listen to music or podcasts or YouTube videos or streams, like this is a great game for that because it's like Philip was saying, it's a game that's really easy to go on autopilot. And for most of the game, I was in autopilot as well. Like we would just be in the middle of a sentence, like a middle of a, of a long, just dumb interaction. And then suddenly I die and I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm playing a, I'm playing a game and I was getting shot. You know what I mean? I didn't even realize I was dying. It's like, I don't know. I would love to talk to somebody who likes this game. Like, I think that, I think that a, a reason why nobody, why I couldn't find a, a guest for this episode was be, not because, well, most people didn't play the game, but it's also because this game is a little, like, what do you, what is there to say? You know what I mean? Like, it, there are some, there are some political hot takes that happen in there. I mean, they're not really hot takes. It's pretty mainstream as far as the American zeitgeist goes, but it's like, there's that, but it's like everything else is milk toast. You know, it's tasteless. It's fine. It's McDonald's, you know. But uh, one it. little spicy jalapeno they throw on that McDonald's is Live in La Vida Loca plays on the radio. Oh my fucking God, yes. Live in La Vida Loca occasionally plays on the radio. And then suddenly we are breaking out the song. It is um, that is such an amazing song. Just it doesn't make sense how good it is. Well, we have extended moments of like at least five to six minutes when we're just in a helicopter flying in a direct straight line with no interruption of either we're just talking or just waiting to get the 700 meters there because it's so weird because even though we're going apparently 90 miles an hour based on the speedometer, it still takes us so long to go 700 meters. It just, it just doesn't add up. Which everything is in miles per hour, and that's very strange because I'm pretty sure it would be kilometers per hour, right? Oh, yeah. One thing we actually skipped over as far as a meat point was uh, how deep in, in Spanish culture or whatever this is, where half the, like every sentence has a Spanish word in it, which I love that yeah. stuff. No. Oh, well, that was the thing know? that I was complaining about. Like, I was getting aggravated because it's like in my brain what that does is it's like, so these guys are canonically speaking English in this country, right? Because why else would they throw in Spanish words? Like, I imagine that the game is – they're speaking to us in English because it's a translation. It's like if you played Yakuza in English. But, like, you're supposed to be like, this is obviously translated. They are normally speaking Japanese, right? But yeah. it's so, the, so the translation never brings up Japanese words unless there isn't an English, like, equivalent of the word. It's like taco, burrito. You know what I mean? Like, though, that's also what it is in English. So that doesn't count. But it's like – uh, it's like we need to go over there and shoot those pendejos. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, so they're speaking in English in the country. Otherwise, why? Like, what would be the purpose of saying pendejos if if you like it's bitch or dickhead? I can't remember what pendejo tra directly translates it into, but it's like that implies that they're just speaking in English, and that's just something that my dumb little brain picks up on. One of my favorite uh, curse words that came up repeatedly was pinga, which I don't know what it means. Which I looked it up, and I think it just means dick. But they would say it all the time, basically after every <laughs> sentence. That's the thing. That's the whole Cortana talks too much situation where I never noticed that because I was never listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we looked it up. We were like, hey, if this is fake Cuba, why are they driving on the right side of the road? But apparently in Cuba, they also drive on the right side of the road. Yeah, I'm very ignorant to how things are outside of America, as most Americans are generally. Yeah, definitely. And with that, Far Cry 6, what a game. I'm glad to not think about it ever again. 
until I yeah. do, start doing the editing on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some. We've been losing a lot recently. So what are we going to play then? Like, what's going to be our next... What, you want a banger, right? What do you want to play? I'm thinking... Well, so I was like, I want to play something that I know is fun, and I just want Philip to experience it. I'm going through the list, and like Gears of War kind of popped up a couple of times, but I'm like worried about the shooter burnout. I really want to switch up the genres. But then I saw Dave from Tales of the Backlog. It might not have been Dave. Or, okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to see who it was. I'm going to shout them out. That'll be fun. Anyways, I saw a tweet, and it was like, hey, what is what are your you know gaming... Or No, it wasn't gaming hot takes. It was more like... Uh, it's okay to like a game. It's okay to dislike a game, but we need to also acknowledge that it's okay to just not feel anything about a game. Just like be completely disinterested in it. You know what I mean? And then they're like, what, ca- what kind of games are you just completely disinterested in? And they said, I've never once for a, even a little bit felt any need to play any of the Gears of War games. And so I'm like, well, now I want to talk about Gears of War because I just wanted to be like, Gears of War is fun. You know what I mean? I just, that's all I wanted to do. It might have been Dave. I can't find it. Well, it, it's it's fucking gone. I tweet a lot. Anyway, uh, yeah. Gears of War sounds fun. Like, what do you what do you want? I don't know. I'm looking at our schedule, which uh, really needs to be updated because we don't have a lot of games on here. Um, I was hoping I would get a guest and they would just pick the game, but we got some people. We I think we I think we're gonna guess with like pretty soon, but they haven't picked a game yet. So it's like by now we should have already been playing the game. So it's like. Always, I don't want to like, pick something huge. We have the Ascent that's been sitting in the backlog for a long time. That's kind of big, though. I kind of want a game that we can knock out of the park, and then so we can go into, like, Elder Scrolls Online or something. I mean, we tried to play Among Us, but that didn't work out because the game crashed repeatedly. I mean, we could do Among Us. <laughs> like, we can just talk about <laughs> You got enough. You played one match, right? That's that's perfect. Just enough. But I don't, I don't know. Because I don't think I got the the core experience, though, because... Like, I see this game, like, Among Us... All right, we're going to do an Among Us discussion. But it seems to be, like, a phenomenon of almost, like, Halo 3 custom games. Of it's more about the community and the people you're playing with. When you just jump in to play some randoms, where's the spirit, you know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to get a group of people to play Among Us together in 2022. You know, <laughs> like, if people have already played the shit out of it. They're like, I don't want to... Like, have you played that, Worm that, that Online? Sounds... Worm Online? What is that? Yeah. It's an MMO. Is it just Worms? No, it's W or W W. Like maybe it's like Y are him. Like the Magic the Gathering creature. Yeah. The okay. It was it was made by um or was it was developed by that Notch guy that did Minecraft before Minecraft as an online MMO, and yeah, the whole premise is that it's a complete online sandbox where you can go out there and cut down trees and it looks terrible. The whole premise is like. A Minecraft server, but it looks like a HD RuneScape, where you're just everyone's out there cutting down trees because it takes 15 minutes to cut down one tree just to get the wood, and then another Next five game minutes. Is RuneScape. You want to do RuneScape? We're gonna play RuneScape, baby. That's RuneScape. Playing RuneScape two, right? No, old school. Fuck RuneScape okay. two. You think I'm some kind of casual nerd? I'm a fucking deep in the fucking basement nerd. All right. <laughs> And with that, thanks for joining us this week. I'm downloading partners. RuneScape on my cell phone right now. Oh my god. I almost really... <gasps> I was on a Do you think I could play what? RuneScape on my fucking Xbox? Just like In I could with Zencaster? Yeah. Do you think I could? Is it, is it a Flash game or Java? Oh, that's a good question. 
I don't know. I think it's Java. Does Java even work anymore? I don't know. No, it's flat. It flashes the thing that went away, right? Yeah. Whatever. Let's end this. Thanks for joining us, co-op partners. Maybe next time we can uh, lead a revolution and take down Bowser and Bowser Jr. Or uh, pet an alligator. Bye.